Hello and welcome to episode 15 of Heart to Hearts. This week I am speaking to Amy. She is the mum of little one-year-old Ashton, who was born with a heart condition, amongst other things. She was very kind and came on to share the story of Ashton's first year. So we discuss all about his journey so far in the CHD life. I hope you all enjoy. Thank you. Hello, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Yeah, yeah, grand. Thank you for joining me tonight. No, it's absolutely my pleasure. Your story um, is actually quite an interesting one because I caught you on Instagram, I believe, and it was your son who has the CHD. And it's like I saw like an Instagram story you put up and I don't believe, I think I maybe just put up like a passing comment type of thing. Yeah. And then it became that, oh, he's actually got the same condition I was born with. Yes. Um, so um, if you don't mind, would you care to give like a little bit of history into your son and how you came about learning about CHD and what he's gone through so far? Yeah. Well, um, when I get asked this question, especially when we're in hospital, it's sort of a running joke now because he has quite or had quite a lot on. So we often say, well, how long have you got? <laughs> because his, his CHD is a part of an actual syndrome. So it's not just the one defect that he has. He has um, Bactril or Bactril syndrome. So it's um, vertebrae, anal, cardiac, trachea, esophageal, renal and limb. So he has five defects out of the seven, one of them being his cardiac. So he, we were diagnosed with a cardiac heart disease when I was around 20 weeks pregnant to me I had no idea what that meant no idea I mean most I'd heard of was a hole in the heart and even then that I had no idea what even that meant so um a 20 week scan it's a funny story actually because you know the reports you get at the doctor they never actually give it you it just gets transferred between doctor to hospitals and you're just the end carrier of whatever you find out well we went to the doctors and the doctor handed me the report and said, can you give this to the receptionist? She's going to send it off to um, a specialised hospital with the results. So I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gave it to the receptionist. She handed it back. I kept that report and I took it home. <laughs> and I Googled. I didn't even get out of the car. I Googled all these things in the report and I just sent myself into such a whirlwind of all these what ifs. So anyway, my mom's the nurse. She says, stop, do not Google, do not Google. So I listened to mum and I just went on with my other scans. We obviously got transferred to um, a specialist hospital, which then looked into further of his defects. I was quite late when I was pregnant that I found out. Um, So a lot of the tests to find out for syndrome and stuff I I didn't have. So I had to have um, the needle in the belly and check all that thank god all that came back quite positive he had none of the syndromes 
so it was pretty much as he got bigger we were having more scans finding out about his it was more heart related than the other defects and so yeah he came a little bit earlier he came well 37 weeks and we found out literally he was born two hours later he was having surgery not even heart related it was yeah it was to do with it with his, one of the defects was his throat so his trachea and esophagus were connected so that was his first surgery was to yeah repair that um and that was jay was only two hours two hours old when he when he got that done so yeah so he's had a pretty rough start in the belly and then an extreme straight out, start, and... straight out of the oven and into surgery so when I saw my baby unmedicated, he was um, intubated and had tubes and everything else you can imagine put on him. So that alone was scary. And like I said, we knew nothing. Yeah. Knew nothing. It was just like walking into a dark room and having no one to guide you at all. It was, I would not would not wish it on anybody no no it's um, not a nice like so with the the after that surgery did they come did they had to fix the cardiac stuff quite soon yeah it was we were really really fortunate because that time so say for that week ashton was born he wasn't the only cardiac baby that came into the NICU section so um i was staying at a mum's hospital uh, for a few days and he was in the children's so my husband would pick me up every day I'd be in my gown my needles you know still heading straight across to see him and there would be a new cardiac baby each other day that would come in um and it, he had um a right bt shunt put in but that was two weeks after he was born because these are the cardiac babies they just kept they weren't they weren't coping so they kept taking ashton's spot for surgery all the time and his surgeon kept coming in and he's sitting down and he's like I'm so sorry and he's putting his hand on our shoulder like I hate to do this and we're like honestly Ashton was fine he was doing really good the medication to keep his duct open was working really well um the PDA which was just circulating the blood doing the job for the shunt so we were fortunate in an odd sense that he was stable he was awake he was stable these other little babies, they weren't, they needed their hearts doing straight away. So yeah. it was two weeks. It was two weeks old when he had his first heart operation. Yeah, his first heart operation at two weeks old. And he had the BT shunt put in. Yeah, because I, I had, I got the BT shunt when I was, I can't remember my, I could have been roughly about the same age as well. Yeah. And they, you were saying when he got the 20 week scan and found out all that. So did they diagnose it for, Tetralogy of Fallow at that point? They did, yeah. So um, his card, well, there's a bunch in Perth um, of the most amazing people, um, cardiologists. So I have I have two that we still um, see. One is still now his primary cardiologist and she was doing my scans when I was pregnant. So she um, sat me and my husband down and told us about the Tetralogy of Fallow. Um, he's got double outlet right ventricle, He's got VSDs, ASDs, pulmonary arteries. You're like, he's just, he's got quite a bunch of stuff. 
uh-huh. um, going on. So she was amazing at explaining. Um, we got given diagrams of a normal looking heart and then a diagram of a tetralogy, a fallow and a double outlet right ventricle. And she literally, yeah, went through everything with us. It was really handy at the time. Because um, like I said, we had no idea. But they, yep, diagnosed it straight away. She said that he would be taken away when he needed to have this operation done. We had no idea about the other defects that would be taken away straight away. We thought, okay, you know, probably got a couple of weeks or a couple of months under our belt, and then we'd go and have this heart surgery. But it didn't turn out that way at all. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> so how long after the shunt did, did you get another surgery? Or has he had? Um, he's had quite a few. So his heart repair was done in Feb. So at the end of February, he had his Ristella procedure done. Um, and that's connecting the conduit on the right ventricle to the pulmonary artery to give to his blood, more blood flow to his lungs. Um, so that was done end of Feb. And hopefully... He won't need another heart surgery until he's older, probably, as you know, to have the conduit replaced right, okay. as he grows. Yeah. yeah. So the other one, the, the VSDs and all that, is that? Yeah, you know, they got repaired. Yeah, everything, everything got that, done. That one, so that, that in February. Yeah, so in Feb was the big, big one. We got the holes patched up. Uh, we've got the conduit put in. The only thing that is remaining, but it's not an issue at the minute, is it's got a very... Well, it's not very narrow because it's not an issue right now. It's just got a bit of narrowing on his right pulmonary artery where they can just put a catheter in and pump it up if it becomes an issue. But everything else, everything else in regards to his heart is repaired. So that was in February this year, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so very early. He's a year tomorrow. He's that's turned, right. It's a year tomorrow. So, yeah. So, so this, like, he's get he got that big operation at. Like that, it would be 10, ten nine, months ten months. Yeah, yeah. How, like, this is why I wanted to uh, I speak to you because, like, I've, I had I've spoken to my mom and dad about it, but then with me growing up and going through, and so, and you're very, it's very nice of you to do this. And I wanted to bring in someone that's dealing with it now and presently yeah. with someone with a CHD with a young child. And I'm very thankful to you coming on and sharing this because oh, I know I can believe. I can believe it's not easy and obviously no so if you don't mind me asking could you go into like a little bit of how you felt with that big surgery being with him being so small yeah I mean I don't know my frame of mind has changed Ashton is my first baby so this is my first experience as a mom and I'm a heart mom so like I said first time seeing my baby um let's call it sober he had drains, wires, pumps. He wasn't even awake. So that spiraled me as well as I was healing. I had to deal with so many emotions alone in a hospital room, a hospital for mothers and babies. And I sort of got shoved at the end of the corridor because I didn't have a baby. My baby went there. So I dealt with a lot of these confusing feelings sort of alone. It's, it's not nice. My husband is an absolute angel. He's an angel when Ashton was born we had to get conf- um, confirmation that we he could be operated on it was like two three in the morning and 
Scott had to go into the hospital to sign the papers for him to have this surgery done. Like he's been an absolute, absolute rock. So we spent about seven or eight weeks from when Ashton was born in hospital. And that was a lot of ups and downs. We thought we'd gone through the worst in the NICU area with his upper tough repair. Little did we know when we get to ICU area, it's a completely different ball game. These surgeries are not little. The, it's the aftercare that just rocks you. Yeah. Um, his surgery went brilliant, absolutely brilliant. We went into ICU. His numbers are looking good. They weren't 100% because he just had the shunt done. He's, you know, okay, stable. So we get home, we go, because we're lucky at the hospital, they've got a, a floor above where parents can stay. So we head upstairs, unbeknownst to us, he's downstairs being resuscitated. Um, so to be told to come down, Ashton's had a rocky moment, to be told your baby needed resuscitation. My eye just choked. I choked. I just was like, what does that even mean? How can this little human, how, how, how are you all like, I just had all these questions. I was, bless her, the nurse that was on, I was instantly looking at her going, why did you let him get to that point? Like, it was not even her fault. She was amazing. She actually saved his life. It was, I just was so confused. Like he's in this area where he's safe. He's in this area where all you, you know, doctors and nurses know what you're doing and how can he need resuscitating? Like that blew my mind. So that's when I was like, I'm going to learn about every single number. I'm going to learn about every single, you know, word. What does it mean? What does this do? Where does it go? Because that was the only way I could keep saying. <laughs> I had to learn everything. I had to, and we were there every day, every day for seven weeks. So it, yeah, it's very hard. That, that was my hardest part. So now when he, we go in often, he's had many surgeries. I'm very cruisy. We go in, I'm like, the surgery will be fine. It's afterwards. Yeah. Come to me and ask me how I am afterwards. <laughs> because that's when it's very, very rocky. But me and my husband, we're very positive people. We're very open-minded. We've, you know, been through a lot. I mean, right now, like I said, Ashton's had his heart repair. We're home. We're somewhat living a normal life. And there are days now where I have to go, oh my gosh, this is what we've been through. And you just squeeze your baby a bit harder and a bit tighter and you just put everything out of your mind and just look at him that little, little long because you're like, this may have never happened. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a whirlwind. You have so many highs and so many things to celebrate, but in just a flick of a switch, you can be down on your knees praying, like, please, please, like let my baby pull through it's... yeah i can i i can like obviously i've got the experience from being where your son is and but yeah. the, and the thing is it's good in a way because he won't remember it no but, I would but you but like, you guys are <laughs> yeah sadly... going through it and we're just like when he's 18 we're gonna remind him <laughs> of all these gray hairs and you know these stress wrinkles you know he's he's been through it he's really really been through it and, and so have we but you know what like we take everything we pinch us all and we just we're in the moment and that's what you've got to do there's nothing you can say 
to parents who have a child that you know is going through any of this because it can change so quick you can offer support you can offer love you can offer everything and it's so appreciated but you're just in this spot where you just feel helpless you just you can't do anything yes it's it's such an odd feeling such an odd feeling like with him when he went in for that surgery like and I, I know this like from when I was like but my dad told me a story when I went and like you just watch your baby going away in by yeah. into theatre and that's it until yeah. they come out and the surgery's over it, and I don't I don't know how long how long was Ashton's surgery for that February mm-hmm. so Ashton's was about eight hours, eight or nine hours. So yeah, you're and he had to go on the bypass of... machine, which I again Googled, do not Google. <laughs> but I was mortified. I mean, it's a brilliant machine, but I was mortified at the same time. So his um there was a clinical nurse who was amazing. She she rang us every hour, every hour with an update. Um, and everything went really well and really smoothly. But communication is key, man. It's so key, you know, your mum and dad must have been just itching to hear some news, you know, how is it going? Is he okay? Like nowadays we have mobiles, like yeah. you know, we have emails and it's it makes such a difference to and your anxiety, to your stress levels. You see that number, you answer, it doesn't even ring, you just press it. Like, yes, tell me, tell me. <laughs> when he was inserted, did you get to stay in the hospital for the or did you get told to go home and no, we just lingered around like a bad smell. We did not go anywhere. We're really fortunate here because at the children's hospital, there's a parents' lounge. Um, there's like a few cafes, but yeah, there's a parents' lounge where you can go. Just there's books, and if you've got other children, there's toys. It's just you can have to- uh, tea and coffee and food, and it's just somewhere to be, somewhere to be. But again, we were really fortunate because we got to stay in the room so if you're if you have a child in ICU there is a floor and your sort of priority I suppose for a room we've stayed on that floor a handful of times and we have every time we arrive the people that run it they're so welcoming and we always get the same bloody room the (laughs) same room that we lived in for the seven weeks when Ashen was born it's it's a tiny double bed and a bathroom, bedroom, we pretty much call it. But that's our home. That is our home away from home. So we're fortunate that generally his room is booked when he goes in. And if it's free, we can go up and we can rest if we are able to rest. Uh, we just have somewhere to be. So we're really fortunate, but we just tend to fill our time. We'll go for a walk. Uh, we won't venture too far away from the hospital, but there's a few cafes that we've found that we like. We just try and be productive. We just yeah, try and get out. Yeah, because there's worse than just sitting and thinking what's happening, what's happening. And... Yeah, and you feel like, yes, three hours have passed and it's been three seconds and you're like, you just got to get out. It's the worst feeling to do because you feel like you're abandoning your child. Like, you know, I'm leaving my baby, he's having surgery and I'm off out, but you've got to. So any mum or dad, so anyone you just got to get out, get some fresh air because just sitting there pondering, stressing, worrying, it does you, it does you so, so, like, it doesn't do anything. No. You just got to pass your time. And once he finished it, obviously that, you had those incidents 
when he was in the intensive care. Yeah. Um, how, so how long was he in hospital for after that? So um, when he was born? In, in February, well, after the... Oh, that, in February. Was that, the, was that the seven weeks? No. No, so the seven weeks was when he was born. However, however, this is Ashton we're talking about, and he doesn't do things in halves. So he had his heart surgery on the 25th of Feb, and we should have been in and out within two weeks tops. We were there for six weeks, six whole weeks in ICU. We became a part of the furniture. <laughs> like he, he ended up catching, I laughed, I shouldn't, but he ended up catching a cold and that's what kept us there longer. His heart surgery went brilliant. Everything recovered fantastically, but he caught a rhinovirus and he, his lung collapsed. So we ended up staying in a lot longer. Uh, yeah. But, uh, once that six weeks since and you got him home. Um, yeah. I'm, and uh, like obviously we from we've been speaking on Instagram and that he's obviously had to go back in for checkups and things. But he's yeah. gen like from what I see on uh, your stories and posts on Instagram, he's the happy little boy, like a typical <laughs> like a typical one year old, you know. Um, yeah. So apart from like obviously having to go back over checkups and that, he's um, he's doing great. I'm guessing, Jonathan. He is. Yes, he is. He is thriving now. He's thriving. Um, it makes such a difference when he's since he's had his heart repair. He um, he's always had fight in him, but now his fight's even stronger. He's mentally he's where he needs to be. Physically, he's quite behind, um, which is quite common. You know, with babies, I grew up in hospital and, you know, have any sort of illness. It just can slow you down. So he isn't crawling at the minute. He's probably more so trying to walk. I think he's trying to run more than he can crawl. <laughs> he is just loving life. We literally were really naughty and pulled his feeding tube out about a week and a half. Well, I say we, Ashton. Ashton pulled his feeding tube out and we thought, you know what? He's doing great in every other area. Let's see how he's going with his oral feeds. So we've been feeding him and feeding him and he's, again, doing amazing. So you look at him and you will think that there's nothing wrong, that there hasn't ever been wrong. But then you'll, you know, under his clothes, he's got at least, I'd say at least six to nine scars, if not more. If not, oh, more, yeah. he's just lathered. Yeah, yeah, he's lathered. And we're having another surgery next week. So that'll be another one to add to the list. But that one's not uh, heart related, though. That's to do with no, the other. No, no. That's to do with his other feet, the yeah. defects. It's just to, yeah, just, fix the plumbing. Yeah, just a shame, like these <laughs> little boys and girls going through all that. And, but it shows you in a way how resilient babies can be. Like, you know, yeah. when they're, every baby's first born, you're kind of like, oh, you're like not sure you want to touch oh. them. But like, they're like, you think they're made of glass and yeah. you, just, you do, you just want to look at them. But you honestly, you guys are so resilient. You heart, <laughs> heart kids, you know, you just bounce back. You do not give up. You bounce back. And it's, it's amazing. I take my heart off because it's a lot to watch someone go through it let alone be the one going through it like yeah so speaking of that with like the, the other CHD people obviously you said that Ashton was your first child right yes so you were unaware of this then like CHD oh. which you'd said and yeah. so with, with your page on 
uh, Instagram. That was just your private page, isn't it? That's just yeah, that's just my then, life. <laughs> and it's obviously come probably a bit more <laughs> of like Ashton's kind of story. <laughs> and have you yeah. noticed from doing that? Obviously, there's like a lot more support. Was there any support offered to you when, like, for for other seat like uh, like other parents or anything like that kind of thing? Yeah, no. Um, fortunately, in the hospital there is an amazing foundation, and it's called the Heart Kids Foundation, and they have been with us from day one. Um, they are mums who this is now their job to support other parents that are going through this, but they have heart kids. So they've been in a position, um, you know, the foundation offers financial support, emotional support, everything. And I've met some other mums. So that week I mentioned Ashton was born, all these other heart kids kept coming in. Well, we're actually friends with them because we've been on the same journey. It actually is mind blowing at how, common it is plus I feel like there's not enough awareness about it there's not enough yeah that it's quite interesting you say that (sighs) because I've spoken to quite like quite a few American people and um, a couple of them were on about how when they were little and growing up they knew nothing about CHT groups and things whereas in the UK like we have like the Scottish Association, which all my heart disorders, the British Heart Foundation and stuff. But even then, there's still not a lot. Because yeah. I, like, my, uh, you said you listened to Lauren's episode, which came out today. And I said to her how... Oh, where was I going with that? Sorry. Oh, my goodness. Right? About, about, um, about, oh. about how the awareness, how there's not much awareness. What the, I've, I've actually just totally mind by it. I have no idea what... <laughs> Well, in England, when when I lived in England, obviously I'm not Australian, but when we lived in England, again, I I didn't grow up watching an advert about a heart, you know, heart awareness or anything like that. Like I mentioned before about hole in the heart, people be like, oh yeah, someone so are born with a hole in a heart. They don't go into detail, like what does a hole in a heart mean? You know, that's as much as I ever heard. And so when Ashton was born, it was like, well, he's got one of, you know, two or three of these, but there's like there's so many more so many more like it's I think like (sighs) with my Instagram page and now like you know you said it's more so about Ashton it's because I just need parents to see you know you're not the only one you're not the only one you're not alone you're not alone at all like you feel it you absolutely feel it do not get me wrong but you're not. And I, f- I really feel sharing his story will help. Hopefully will help yeah. another mum, another dad. I've had, um, when I just had Ashton, I had a few mums reaching out saying, hey, I'm pregnant. You know, my, my baby's got this. Tell me a bit about your story. One of, I feel really terrible, but I got a message and it was in the midst of Ashton being born. And I just unloaded and I was telling her everything because I just felt I wish someone would tell me straight what it's like no sugar just tell me hit me right you know down the middle and tell me what it's like tell me what I've got to go through and I feel like I frightened her and I felt terrible I had to message her going I am so sorry everyone's experience is different but I wish someone had said to me make sure you check this make sure you ask this 
because we, I, we had nobody. It was yeah. just me and my husband stumbling through CHD life with our baby. Like we had no idea, no idea. So we just really hope just by sharing a few stories, watching him grow yeah. just brings things, you know, brings it around. Exactly. That That's what I was going to mention. But I was speaking to Lauren, we talked about like the whole social media and like when we were little we didn't really get a chance to share our stories because no. none of this existed whereas nah. now like it's so easy like oh you're in Australia and we're like communicating yeah. about our like your child's HD with my HD and then I'm speaking to people in America whereas before it was like if someone in your town maybe had a HD that's the only way you knew about it when you I would was find out and then even then there's because they're so quick it's like one in a hundred babies have a CHD yeah. and but it's, in my town like I only know like two maybe people wow and it's mad it's the, absolutely mad like I said at how actual common it is even though it doesn't feel common it really it really is I actually reached out to Lauren because she was having heart arrhythmias well since Ashton had his heart repair he has tachyar arrhythmias now to the point where we're on medication to control it so she um gave me some just great inside of how she feels how she deals because I was like again I have no idea what is this like he's at his heart repair he's supposed to be fixed like yeah. this is not supposed to happen so um I take my heart off to her she is a strong woman very strong woman she put my mind at ease when I was a bit stressed that's great <laughs> <laughs> yeah but again we reached out over instagram yeah it's like it like the power of social media you like you obviously get the there's obviously the bad side where you get people that are not so nice yeah. on social media but then there's like yeah. this pro- positive growing like community of good things that come yeah. and and that's like it's so lovely to, to see the yeah. comments and just offering of support you know like there's families that I've commented to Ashton and I've commented to, to other families that don't know each other, but it's literally through this connection of having a CHD child that you just put your heart into that little comment box and you just say, look, I'm here, mate. I'm here. I know. I know. Like it's, it means a lot. It means a lot when you're feeling alone, like I'm not alone. Yeah. These people are here, even though they're not, <laughs> they are. Yeah. It, does. it makes the difference. It, it makes that understanding you know feel more valid totally yeah that's what you need as well like um and well said you're in australia um but yes. you're originally obviously from was it yorkshire did you say yes yeah from sheffield and so you moved to australia and it's quite interesting because i've spoken to american people and i've learned about the american uh, healthcare system is with like everything that Ashton had to go through is it quite similar to the UK with the way Australia works? Yeah, yeah. fortunately, because honestly, I wouldn't even know where to start with the American health system. <laughs> Not even, it mortifies me. But um, yeah, no, with the NHS, I mean, I've been pretty lucky growing up I've not had to have any surgeries or like my first surgery was my cesarean like I never had to dealt with the NHS as such um so growing up here you have to be um it's like Medicare so that's our government health service but you also have to have um, health insurance as well 
pretty much it's just like any insurance covers you helps you when I was pregnant I actually looked into going private don't ask me why I just was like the thought of it you know my first baby will go private my husband can stay in the room and that was an arm and a leg and I thought you know what I love my husband but he can go home (laughs) (laughs) no so we went public and looking back costing wise we would have probably had to remortgage our house, especially with everything Bloody Ashton like he's gone through. But we're so fortunate that we have an amazing health service that we haven't paid a penny. No. We haven't paid a penny. We've got these top, incredible people who are so passionate about what they do. They're so involved in what they do. And it's we we're not paying paid anything like they, they we've Hashton's had all this done so for free like that I cannot explain how grateful grateful I am like it's yeah. amazing because like yeah. you when you were staying in the hospital as well that's obviously yeah. a, a room and all that kind of yeah things. I and mean I did want to stay a bit longer because it was closer to the children's hospital and she was like no love you gotta go <laughs> So yeah, they they eventually kicked me out. Like I had to leave. But again, didn't the scans didn't pay anything. Um, staying at the hospital didn't pay anything. Like we haven't. I mean, the only thing that we pay for is parking when yeah. we have to stay in hospital. Like that is it. It's very fortunate. Really, really fortunate. And I feel that that like having that like when you or again the way those healthcare system works. I don't like getting too political, but it's more of the sense of <laughs> I want I want to talk about like. The mental, like the mental state of what you are and all that yeah. with it, because if you have to worry about money on top of, like, well, just, for you it's your yeah. son, so you're worrying about your son, but then you're going to be like, oh man, I've got to pay like fifty odd grand yeah. away. I don't know how much it is. Like, I just and don't know. It's just, it's such a like a, he's a like it's he's extra a added yeah. stress. Yeah, yeah, you don't need. No, I mean, I, I count my blessings because it's very expensive to stay out of home like we when it was first born my husband had to come out of work for the first seven weeks eight weeks when we got home you know again we had another six weeks stint like we're, we're eating out we've got parking we've still got a mortgage to pay in bills but my husband's not working we're fortunate that he has you know um holiday pay it's not really a holiday do you know what I mean like we're fortunate it's there but it's still so costly still so costly so the thought of having to go home and then get another you know bill through the door here's heart you know Ashton's heart repair bill like what would it even amount to I can't even wrap my head around it's like I always joke about how I am probably uh, (laughs) single-handedly putting the NHS in debt with the amount of stuff, <laughs> the amount of stuff I have to get and you know it's, and a that's, lot, just, one, a that's just one person you know yeah. like I yeah. it's just so like the way those health systems work it just helps so much with oh everything you go through and yeah like immense I mean as a you know when I was in hospital as a new mum for myself getting care top-notch public still top-notch you know Ashton he's had the most incredible care incredible care like yeah to say it's pretty much free 
you just you, you can't yeah you can't put it in any words because no. you can't wrap your head around it yeah. how am I not paying these people that are saving my baby's life like what <laughs> so yeah no we're very fortunate and Ashton has like I said had the best care best best care that's great and yeah I, I usually um talk to the guests about the pandemic but I don't <laughs> Australia's done it pretty well, so I, yeah. I don't know if there, we, there's much to talk about in the sense of the pandemic in Australia. No. I mean, I was pregnant through the pandemic. My At the time, I was working the retail business and everything got put on lockdown. So in a relay, the pandemic worked in my favour. I was heavily pregnant. The last thing I wanted to do was work. I was swollen and whinging. So for the lockdown, it, it benefited me. When we were having the scans towards the end, it got a bit hard. My husband couldn't come in. Um, I had to go alone, uh, which was scary again, because he's having all these scans done on his heart and they're telling me important information that I can't keep in because I have no idea what it is. Then I have to relate back to my husband in the car and when we get outside, like it was just awful. And I really, really feel, you know, for mums who are doing it alone, bursting alone, going to these appointments alone, like, it's not nice at all, at all. But we were in lockdown when he was born. We did not leave the hospital. No one could come. No one was going anywhere anyway. And then it wasn't until we've come home that the restrictions have eased. Now, I'm in Perth, so WA has had some really hard border closures, which, you know, you ask some people are really good. You ask others, they're not happy about <laughs> For me, in my case, and my son, I'm stoked. <laughs> like, he only has to go around some of the cold when he catches it. Like, it's it's been that in our favour. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, no, recently um, things have eased and it's, I don't want to say it, but we're sort of living pre-COVID. It's weird <laughs> watching, like, the news and I've got girlfriends in the UK and we have a group chat and you guys have just come out of lockdown and, we got snapped down into like a five-day lockdown. I was whinging about it. And they were like, hey, mate, honestly, <laughs> like, well, we've been in it like a year. So I really feel for the rest of the world, I really do. But it's it's nice to have a little bit of normality. I hope it stays that way. And I hope everyone does the right thing. We've got some great procedures in place. So Yeah. So your, yeah, your anxiety crossed. with the pandemic didn't really stem to much, maybe just when no. you were pregnant, but... Not so much now then. No, no, no. I think when I was pregnant, everyone else's anxieties were high because I was pregnant. No, I didn't see anyone for about three months towards the end of my pregnancy because we didn't leave the house. You know, friends and family were too scared to come see me because I was heavily pregnant. So I was just at home alone <laughs> most of the time, just binging on Netflix and yeah. eating my snacks. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> A pregnant woman's dream so and then afterwards like I said it didn't really hit because we didn't leave the hospital we had way too many other things yeah. going on to really understand COVID we just got told put a mask on don't put a mask on like uh, it was yeah very odd but in a way it would have been quite good because you were stuck in the hospital not having to worry exactly. about in a way, exactly. only way it would come in is if you were in direct contact with someone but majority of time we were probably just at Ashton's bedside so you know yeah and the wards 
So the NICU he got transferred to when he was born in the ICU, they're on the same ward. So, <clears throat> excuse me, they called it like a clean, clean ward um, because he'd not actually left. He'd not left that ward since he was born. So had he gone to another floor after his surgery, he wouldn't have been able to go back. Um, so I think if anyone were bringing anything in, it would be very, very small. Like they really controlled who could come go. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it was the visitors were very minimal. It was just literally me and my husband that could stay. Um, family couldn't even visit. The family didn't meet Ashton until he got home, and he was what for three three months, going on three months old. Wow. Well, about two and a half months. Two yeah. and a half months. That's mad. And so, then you think of in normal circumstances, it would be the day. Yeah. You know, and. The whole world just everything and then it's so, gone to mush <laughs> you know the whole i mean for my for me and my pregnancy and my birthing story in ashton like it's completely out of whack it's not normal you no. know having a baby with a heart is like a heart condition is just mind-blowing let alone through a pandemic like i take my hats off to mums in pandemics <laughs> because it's crazy <laughs> It's been an eventful first year for Ashton yeah. as well, you know. And but you know, as I say, he's not gonna remember it, so that's good in a way, you know. And yeah. And by looks of it, he's like like I see on Instagram, he's a happy wee boy and all that, so you know, yeah. so it's great. Um yeah. is there anything you'd like to talk like ask or talk about before? Well, I I wanted like sort a best of... answer. I come up really good at sometimes I'm not good at answering, <laughs> but I can try. I just, I think for yourself, did you like feel growing up, growing up, could you do the same things as other kids? Like what were your challenges? I was four years old when I got my repair. So right. I, by the time I was, I was almost five, by the time I was like, I went about doing things okay. as a kid. So, and, but then like in school and stuff, I, I lived in a small like village and so everyone knew what I yeah. could do and couldn't do. So I always they always made me feel like part of what they were doing and, and they okay. knew if I needed to rest, they'd be like, Oh, Stuart's gonna sit at the side and he'll get his, get his yeah. breath back and he'll come in and just join in as much as I can. And I never felt like I was missing out. That's why like yeah. I had a, I had a good childhood and obviously I had a setbacks where I couldn't I wouldn't be able to go join the football team or anything like that because I knew I've been able to play that level, which I talked about many times before. But overall, like, it's just I would get out of breath. Right. You know, okay. I wouldn't be able to keep that intensity up. Even now, I'm like yeah. 35 and I still can't do that. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> and that's just like, and, but then it's just, that's just me, you know, because yeah. there was um, Ryan I spoke to who's in Mississippi, he's got fellows as well. And he's yep. doing triathlete triathlons, you know. Oh my gosh! But then, with me, I had the fallows, but then I had like lung problems and things, you know. So yeah. it it's whatever yeah, happens. Ashton's got yeah, he's got respiratory issues. Um, I it, as a part of his defects. So um, yeah, I just wanted to see what maybe your challenges were growing up. Just to maybe, you know, 
food for thought food for thought yeah. no like i understand that it was like i never like you know like being a kid you're never like oh i want to take part i knew what my limits yeah. were because my mom and dad always told me type of thing that i was very aware yeah. of my condition so like okay i can imagine that maybe there were some people who would be hard on themselves then it would be hard to go if you know what i mean and yeah not manage to do these things but i just accepted it and yeah. i know what i can do and even now like the things i know what i can and can't do yeah and did you have to have your con like have you got a conduit in i i'd actually know what that is <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, so pretty much it's just a tube <laughs> i got i got a, um, like, is that like a stent type of thing no um it's well it's not just a tube it's it's um a pig's valve so all right okay yeah, i got a valve replacement yeah. so okay and did my... you have to have that replaced as you grew up i got it when i was like 23 or something i got uh, yeah okay a pulmonary valve replacement yeah so and... that's what ashton has but he has the conduit too because he has narrowing so it's a tube with the, the valve. right yeah i got yeah. The, the whole valve replacement when i was like 23 or something and wow. apparently by my last checkup i think it was at the end of the last year um they said the valve was working so it's been 11 years i think since that valve replacement. okay so i was gonna ask like how long had it been? yeah it's, it's been 11 I mean, years and they're saying wow. the valve was working better probably than it did oh. when <laughs> it was first put in so yeah in that sense brilliant i've got some other i've got like one of my other valves is leaking but they're not worried about that you know yeah but Overall, that's the only Ashton, surgery I've had recently. Ashton, um, he wasn't supposed to have his heart repair so soon. So I, that's why I asked. He was meant to have his heart repair at around 18 months. But because his saturation, like his oxygen levels, started off at 80% and they kept dropping right down to 60%. They were saying, like, hey, he needs to have this repair done sooner. So in my mind, I'm thinking, well, is he going to need this conduit and this valve replacing sooner so i suppose everyone is obviously different but 11 years is a good you know a lot of good that's a yeah. good, great amount of time like in between yeah um, and like that's like they're not even thinking about replacing that again you know wow so you know that's them saying it's looking good after 11 years so yeah they're not good. worried that it's deteriorated in that time so and they never even really gave me a time scale of when they thought I would need another, if anything. Like yeah. for me, I'm on a, like a lot of medication, but I'm not in line to get any more surgery. There's no talk of anything okay. like that. So that's. Good I suppose enough. that's like the golden question, is it? <laughs> like when <laughs> I ask, I ask Ashton's uh, cardiologist. Like as soon as he had his heart repair, I looked at him and I just was like, so when do you think he will you know need because and he was like give that i can't i cannot give you an answer no it's literally that, it, 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 it depends on how like yeah everything you know it's it's like the are not they're very complicated unfortunately oh, <laughs> i know and you know what being a mom and being the parents of one you just want to prepare yourself like all totally. right smash this one like how long have we got so we have to you know mentally physically emotionally build up all that up again for the next one so i'm hoping it'll be a good few years uh which should be um so can relax for a little bit <laughs> yeah 
have a have a year <laughs> off maybe yeah <laughs> a couple, please a couple of years anyway <laughs> that would be nice that would be nice but no he um it's amazing just the whole community the things that can be done the amount of complex you know defects that are the things people go on to do when they've had a repair or they've got defects like it's incredible it's absolutely inspiring and everyone I come across every story like I just I give you a piece of my heart because I'm like you know what you've been through so much parents have been through so much like it's a really really amazing but traumatizing roller coaster I mean I yeah. wouldn't change it for the world no I love my baby I love everything I've learned I love it I love the relationships that I've you know made and this whole new awareness I love it and I wouldn't change it for the world but I just wish I could take all that pain away from him I just wish I could yeah. take all of that pain and him just you know be a normal baby be a normal baby he is normal though you know he's you know <laughs> yeah, I know you know, that's not, <laughs> you know like this is his story and yeah and this that, is his that, normality and that, that, that's going to shape him he's not going to know it like I've said he's not going to know any different He's not going to grow up with, you know, others. Like, you yeah. know, he's not going to do any different to that. That's how he's going to live. And, yeah. And like, one thing we everything. need to get our head off is, like, stopping, like, compa- comparing. You know, like, I don't, I don't have other children, so I don't know what, in quotes, a normal baby would be doing at a certain time in, you know, their, like, milestones. Like, yeah. It's so hard. Like I said, Ashton's one. He's not crawling. He's only just got to sit up by himself. Where some other, again in quotes, normal babies are walking. You know, like it's just hard to fathom. So one thing, as a mum, any advice is just don't compare your baby, your special, precious CHD baby to a normal, normal quote baby, because you'll just. You just beat yourself up. Yeah, and there's no need you to. Just, At the end of the day, no. your baby's healthy and he's yes. doing what you want him to do, you know? Yes. And that's all, that's all that's important. And that, even, like, I have, I have a three-year-old boy and, you like, he didn't have any heart conditions or anything, thankfully. Yeah. You got all the scans because of my history. We got the scans yeah. to check if he was okay. And when I found out he didn't have anything, I was like, oh, that's great, because that was, a like, a thing for me I was like I want him yeah. make sure he's fine but even in normal parents like I hate the like the comparing all the time and yeah you know whereas you should be like you are you're happy that you're like this is for not like people to do have issues obviously you just yeah. be happy that your child is still here but like for oh. CHD babies like it's amazing how much they're going through and like you say how resilient they are yeah. so we've got to like you just it's just positive be positive and that's all that's my advice you know yes I agree I completely agree about other things because that's not important is it you know no when you have such a different perspective on things you just your whole mind frame changes it the little things that you whittle over you just don't give a crap about anymore like you just you like you said you're just so grateful that your baby's here 
your baby's in your arms, you're touching them, you're, that's what you're grateful for, that moment, right then and there. You don't think about the past, you don't think about the future, you're literally in that moment because that's what matters. That is what matters right now. So, yeah, got to keep positive. Exactly. Perfect. Yeah. But thank you very much for um, joining me today and doing this. And like I said at the mm. beginning, I can't imagine it being easy with the first year of this uh, Ashton's life to go through that and let alone now relay it so soon yeah. so I appreciate you coming on and talking about no, it I as you can probably see from my Instagram I am constant I love I love to chat about him <laughs> any mom and dad love to, to chat about their kids I could till you know the cows come home but with his condition like I feel not special but I feel I feel grateful that I'm a part of his journey I'm, I feel grateful that I can share his journey and only thing I want to give is you know there's hope there is hope like there's times when you feel like you're going to give up and yes you know it's been a year and it's gone in like a flash of a moment all these things that we've been through yes don't get me wrong the PTSD is still there it's still thriving it's still strong but it's been a year and you look back and what they've been through it's also what they've learned how they've grown how you've grown you know it's it's the good with the bad yeah so I feel fortunate that I can speak about him I feel fortunate that I can speak to you about it and thank you so much for having me on and you know giving me the opportunity to you know just let it out <laughs> not at all to, yeah it's it's nice to speak to people who can relate that's one big thing yeah speaking to people who can relate I can't relate but I can through Ashton it's nice it's a nice feeling to feel understood that's good thank you yeah yeah. Then I'll, I'll let you, you get on with your evening now well evening games yes well <laughs> in Perth time it's time for bed the kids got school tomorrow <laughs> oh, <so. dear>. I'll... <laughs> yes I'll, I'll, I'll let you go on then no Perfect. thank you so much no worries thank you very much catch you later bye bye